routine. It is uh, two week in a row, Keek's intro. And we've got guests. We have three special guests. All have been on the podcast before. TC's taking a little bit of a break, which we like. And also, um, I think there's a bit of miscommunication. Uh, I thought he was out this week, and I I, I got that confused. But it was it was okay. We played Halo last night. He's like, "Oh no, go for it." And then I'll just come on next week. So uh, I don't I don't know what I was thinking with the with the schedule. But um, we've got a we've got a, a double header today for everyone. Um, we are reviewing the donkey movie called EO, and then we are reviewing everyone's favorite Megan today. We're gonna give our thoughts and everything. We're gonna talk about Megan first, then EO. Um, Oscars are next week. Um. AKA they come out the 24th, the nominations come out. So just one big Oscar prediction from our guests. I've kind of given my rundown of what I thought was going to happen like six months ago. And I do actually kind of stick by that. Um, I think it might change now with best supporting. I think it will win like one or two Oscars, um, but it will probably tie for most nominations. Um, okay, but we got our guests. We got my beautiful wife, Becky. She's back. Hello. And we've got Sprank Derv, AKA Spencer is back. And then Nick Fraser is back too. My my fun movie club slash freshman roommates. Um, let's start with Nick first. Nick, how you doing? Give us a little update. I am doing really well right now. Um, how's it going? Good to be back. <laughs> um, we are two weeks away from having a new baby, so everything is just waiting. Basically, hmm. get to the end of pregnancy, it's just like. Could be today, could be in three weeks. You never know. So you just got to be like ready at all times. Sure. It must be hard for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really, I feel like I'm carrying the brunt of the work here in the pregnancy. Of course. <laughs> yeah. You're very brave to do that. I cannot let Brianna listen to this episode. But um, aside from that, um, I've been on a, an absolute tear with movies. So things are good. I've been watching like one a day for like two months, basically. So it's good yeah things are good we love it spencer what about you um i've been on a tear like nick and i've been watching a lot which has been fun um today is actually my wife leah's birthday and i give her a shout out but she's not gonna listen to this so happy birthday leah happy birthday Um, leah or not happy birthday leah (laughs) We, um, we did a little thing where like my birthday was in november and she put 35 looks great on you and most people didn't notice, um, but a few people are like, wait, you're not that old, are you? And like got everyone really confused. So today I put that 23 never looked better. For her. <laughs> I saw that. that. I love that. Because it did make me think for a little bit. I'm like, you don't have that. Like, I had to do the math real quick of when you've been, when you got married to, you know, yeah, double check been... our laws and statutes. And yeah, stuff. dude. After I put that, I was like, I should have put like a year or two later because then you start thinking about like when she was in high school and it's like, oh, this is <laughs> a little yeah. sketch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, Phoebe, how is Phoebe? Uh, Phoebe's good. She's got like a cold this week. Um, so she'll wake up and just like have a whole coat of snot on her face. Very cute. She's really into climbing things right now, which is awesome because her balance is exceptional. <laughs> that word stands. Uh, Nick, yeah. Theo. Theo is good. Theo is good. Um, he's been attempting to join me on some of these movie adventures. Um, and on a day where he was being really active and I thought he was going to be distracted, I sat down to watch The Invitation, which is <laughs> of our horror movie from what i understand and yeah. in the first five minutes five minutes uh, a woman attempts to hang herself and mm-hmm. right before she does i looked down at theodore and he was staring at the tv and i was like all right maybe we'll turn something else on for a little bit so <laughs> he's getting to the age where i have to start to be like aware about the media that he watches me consume so he's good though yeah uh good good i you, you didn't you didn't let him watch a a white noise with you yeah, hasn't hasn't been scarred by a movie yet. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, Bibby, how is how are you? And how is Jerry? Because we're asking about children and how each person has been. <laughs> and we and Jerry is our child. Um I am good. I'm good. First week of teaching um this semester. So it was fun to be back in the saddle, one could say. Um 
I'm teaching the introduction to sustainable business class. So it's a very cool topic that I really enjoy. It was really awesome. Um, our sweet boy, Jimmy is, <sighs> you know, I don't know what's going on with that dog. <laughs> we we think he has a urinary tract infection. He very well might because one thing that he loves to do is chew and attack his penis just for no reason, which like obviously could be like an anxious tick, but also sure. um, like, yeah, the internet says it might also be a UTI. It's very aggressive. Which very kind aggressive. Of us. But the real reason why we wonder is because he has turned my yoga room into his own like bathroom toilet. It's his toilet now. Like if the door is ever open, even for a second, the dog will pee. And then just the other day, Kiko was literally vacuuming upstairs, left the door open for a second. He goes in and he poops. Like, and pees. Jimmy, what is it? I don't know what he's doing. And it's only that room. Like, nowhere else on the carpet upstairs is he messing with it. So I don't know why he thinks my relaxation room is his toilet, but he does. There's a and downward dog joke in there somewhere. <laughs> can you find it for us, Sprinkler? <laughs> <laughs> It might be time to look into some uh, some diaper options. Honestly, like he'll chew it up. Though. But he didn't. The thing is, though, is he didn't for months. No. And he just so we think we we actually do think legitimately he's sick. So we got to take him to the bed. Yeah, there's something going on. You know, we've had a, a light not working in our car for the last like five months. So I'm sure we'll get Jerry <laughs> to the vet. Uh, expeditiously. But Jerry's our child, so we're gonna be good parents, right? Uh, you will probably maybe me. I'm a. I, I enjoy the dog. I don't know. You I like Jerry. Obsessed with I the love dog. Jerry. I'm just like I just don't have the bandwidth to like try to like. When am I going to take him to the vet? You know, I leave home at six a.m. and I get back at like three thirty p.m. I guess I could do it after, but you know, that's a that's movie time. <laughs> after talking about movies for seven hours, I got to go home and watch movies. That's exactly what happens. So, um, okay, uh. There, there are. There's a little bit of. There's not a ton of movie news. We had the Golden Globes, where Fablemans took best um, drama, drama mm-hmm. and Banshees of Inisherin took best comedy. Any quick reactions from y'all besides Eddie Murphy's great speech and Jennifer Coolidge's also great speeches? Jennifer from Coolidge is an icon. She made watching the Golden Globes actually enjoyable, especially the number of times that she was up there. So. I I thoroughly enjoyed Jennifer Coolidge. I I didn't watch the show, but I hear there was a funny moment with Kevin Costner. Oh, I we I they called him up, but like we weren't really paying attention. I I don't know what happened. I don't know who Kevin. I thought what happened? But he was reined into his ranch. So some the the quote that they had was that he was sheltering in place in like a fifty dollar or fifty million dollar like mansion and ranch oh, like oh wait i do remember that i do remember danger that. yeah i do remember that there were some jokes in there that uh, not a lot of people laughed at but i'm sure a lot of people watching were like oh that's good but you got to commit to the bit a little bit more there was yeah, a there was there. a there was a scientology joke that was good but a little dark and not a lot of laughs but from us we were like oh man way to actually go there you know way to swing for the fences i uh, don't I don't really get the distinction between drama and comedy because, like, I don't know. Like, Banshees and Shards are funny, funny, but is it a comedy? I I don't know if I'd call it that. Certainly more so than the Fablemans. Definitely more so than the Fablemans. Yeah, true. I think think it was, like, a a way out for both to win, honestly, because... (laughs) Yeah, Banshees wasn't necessarily comedy. I mean, like, we were laughing extremely hard the whole time. Like, the deliveries were amazing. But, I mean, the topic itself is more of a drama topic. So, yeah, I I think they just wanted both to win. So they just were kind of like, we'll put Makes Banshees sense. in comedy. We'll put Fablemans in drama. Should we place bets on if... Um... Austin Butler is going to carry the Elvis voice all the way through the Oscars. Oh Has my to. gosh! Has to. I I I have so many thoughts about that. 
do it. What are your thoughts? I hated Elvis so much. I can't bear it. I literally cannot bear the fact. Like, yes, he was he was a good actor in but it. But what about Austin Butler though? Like he was a good actor. He was. And it was illuminating to watch him go up and continue the Elvis bit on stage again. But I hate the movie so much that it is so frustrating. And I'm really my I'll give my Oscar prediction. Um, My Oscar prediction is that it's going to win something that I don't think it should win. And it's just going to infuriate me. And then I'm not going to enjoy the rest of the Oscars. That's my prediction. Or it wins Best Picture. And oh you're my! Just miserable for all. No, of them no, no. no. Best Picture. There's no way. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I think it sounds like that kind of the what you're saying about Elvis. I haven't seen it. I think Keeks is the only one that saw it. Maybe Becky, you saw it, it too. It. But, I've seen. Well, it, yeah. no, not Elvis. I mean, um, this reminds oh, me yeah. of how people talk about the whale because everyone's like, "Oh, Brendan Fraser's so good." But I've seen most people are like, "I didn't like the movie," but yeah. Brendan Fraser is really good. There was a movie that came out like two years ago called The United States versus versus Billy Holiday. And it's like the exact same thing. And yeah. the same with Bohemian Rhapsody. Like Bohemian Rhapsody is a fine movie, but it's like the, the thing that sucks is, you know, Rami Malek wins for his just imitation of uh, mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Taron Edgerton doesn't even get nominated for portraying Elton John, Which where he's saying all of the songs. But 2019 was such a stacked year that it's like, sorry, Adam Sandler didn't get nominated either. And if it had if it would have been the year before he would have and then this year again it's like i mean austin butler will be nominated but it's kind of colin farrell's to lose right i hope yeah what about brendan fraser i would love that i would love that yeah yeah but maybe that's just internet momentum and it's not real momentum i don't Did know you- a24 keeps a24 is doing some good campaigns but they're uh they had a best actor campaign for brendan fraser like a post up and the last the last slide was of the rock saying thanks for letting me come in and take over your mummy franchise hope you do well brother it was great (laughs) the rock being the rock Oh my goodness. I would if there were odds on betting someone that would never be nominated for an Oscar, I, I would take them for the rock. Now, Oscar predictions, um, Black Adam. Anyway, never mind. Just okay. <laughs> like, where um, are we going with this? So, anyways, yeah, the Golden Globes don't mean anything. It does kind of solidify, it gives me more hope in my Fableman's winning best picture guess. But uh, uh, Spencer, we've decided to do a Marvel Minute where Spencer, our resident Marvel expert, our Marv expert, is going to give his thoughts on the new Ant-Man trailer. I'm not happy you're making me do this. Um, <laughs> have you even seen it or do you leave the theater when it comes on? <laughs> no, I'm not that extreme. Um, I think it looks pretty... You know, <laughs> it looks like another one of those movies. Um, my main thought watching it, though, is um, I don't think Ant-Man is anyone's favorite Marvel character. Um, and I feel like they're doing... This is completely conjecture because I've only seen one Ant-Man movie. Um, but it seems to me like they're doing the opposite that they did with Thor, where like Thor was serious and no one really cared about him. But then he got funny and he became everyone's favorite in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like they're trying to do the opposite with Ant-Man, where like this trailer, that I, at least the one I saw, like there's no jokes in it. It's just like serious and whatever, which... I know it won't be because Marvel's not allowed. Like, but um, they're trying to advertise it as that, which is really interesting to me. Um, I think I don't know. Set it up as the next End Game, and like, um, what's his name? Kang. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be the next big baddie. But and I love Jonathan Majors, so it was really disappointing when I found out he was in it. <laughs> but I like. I guess. People will see it. I don't think Marvel's going to go away. Um, I just, it looks, I watched Strange World last month and it looks like Strange World. It looks like, a lot like Strange World. Oh. Strange World mixed with Spy Kids 3D. Like, oh, stop. Kind of, yeah. Don't say Spy Kids 3D or I'm on board. <laughs> Sorry. And I... It's Spy Kids 3D minus. Crap, I'm part of the machine now. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, like it's it's not the worst trailer I've ever seen. Like um, I still think I know everyone loved No Way Home, but the trailers for that were atrocious. So I think um, it's a very average trailer for a probably very average movie. Yeah, I okay, think that's something that we had. Like superhero movies were in one place for. I don't know, four decades, very silly, very fantasy, very like targeted at younger audiences. And then with Iron Man, it kind of brought it into the real world and revitalized and it made it like open the door for it to become what it's been over the last decade. And we've gone so far. It's like the it's like a horseshoe. We're going back just into these like quantum realms and everything is just completely fantastical and made up. And I wonder how long it's going to stay in the mainstream if it really dedicates itself to that i think i don't know i think that's an interesting question especially because i so i'm like off and on with podcasts sometimes i listen to them sometimes i don't i'm like on an on streak right now so when i am i have to catch up on office ladies of course i'm all the way back in 2020 so i've got a lot of catching up to do but um in one of the in one of the episodes I was listening to, Jenna Fisher admitted that she does not like fantasy. So she's never seen Lord of the Rings, isn't a fan, um, never seen Star Wars or tried to watch Star Wars, but like fell asleep and refuses to try it again. You know, like really cannot stand fantasy. And she's like, the reason I don't like fantasy is because I have to like learn everything about a new world, a new universe, new laws, new, you know, like languages, new everything. And she's like, it's just a lot of work and I'm just not interested. And I think that Marvel is starting to go down that road. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, because before it was just, we have these five MacGuffins, go get the five MacGuffins. And each one was like very self-explanatory. This is the power one. And you can do whatever you want with that. The reality one, the soul one, the the this time one. But with this, it's like alternate dimension stuff. And when you go down the rabbit hole of time travel and alternate universes and dimensions, there's just like way too many rules you have to establish that are way too easy to break. And uh, when you break it, it also breaks my brain and leaves me disinterested. Mm -hmm. And most normal people disinterested, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else this makes me think of actually is uh Horton hears a who, right? Because quantum mania is just shrinking so small that you're in another world. Horton hears right? a who. This is the sequel. Yeah. So this it's is just not actually uh, in just the Horton hears a who with Paul Rudd, but that sounds like a way better movie. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because like Paul Rudd is so be like beloved that it's so weird that. Ant-Man is just everyone's least favorite. Like, no one cares about Ant-Man. Even right. though everyone cares about Paul Well, Rudd. he shrinks. Who cares? So, Wait, Nick was going to say something. Oh. Nick, what were you going to say on the other hand? <laughs> we're, we're talking about the demise of Marvel and... Um, one, two... <laughs> oh, no. Three of the top ten grossing movies last year were Marvel. So, they haven't lost the mainstream yet. But not one and two, not no. one and two. No, nope. for the first time in a long time, I think actually. Something that surprised me though is like uh, Black Panther is beloved, right? My students love Black Panther. None of them talked about Wakanda Forever. Like Chadwick Boseman never brought it up, which I thought was really weird because they love Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And I and from what I understand, it's not bad. Like people liked it, but like it's weird. Like people don't really talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, I think. Well, I don't want to spoil the movie, but I was going to say, I think a big reason why is just the um, the lack of Black Panther in Black Panther. Oh, I thought you were gonna, like you're like spoiling yeah, on like, that makes sense. The, the Chadwick Boseman death thing <laughs> everyone like knows about no no I, I, but yeah I mean it's real like, life spoiler yeah for um like the next you know big action hero anyways uh yeah Marvel um cool Spencer thanks for doing a little bit of research thanks for watching that um now let's go on to favorite things that we watched uh honestly this week um I think my most favorite thing that I enjoyed was so I watched Scott Pilgrim 
with some of my students. They pulled an audible. They were like, we kind of want to watch Scott Pilgrim. So I was like, okay, if you guys want to watch Scott Pilgrim, we'll watch PG-13. Disclosure document says we watch anything PG-13 and under, so it's great. And uh, watching it, I'm like, oh my gosh, kind of gave me a headache. Fun movie. Uh, on the other hand, we watched Inception in my video one class. And it's fun to watch these movies that like I think are great. But as I have to sit and watch them multiple times, it's like I see the same thing. And I'm like, oh, Inception's first half is super exposition heavy. Mm-hmm. And like if you're not paying attention, the rest of the movie will make no sense to you. Yeah. And then also they reveal the limbo thing like halfway through and they don't really talk about it at all in the first half. So even in the second half, even after you've gotten all this exposition, there's still more that like it still works. It's not like inundating you. I mean, it is inundating you with information, but it's fairly bite sized. So it's easy to handle. Um I just thought that it was interesting to see these movies that I do really love and look at them more of like a an, an objective way. Uh, whereas, you know, Inception, I still think is an A plus. And Scott Pilgrim for me kind of went down a little bit. It is a little bit more of an A minus because it could be that I was watching it fourth period and I was so overstimulated already. But um, I got very overstimulated and overwhelmed by it. So those were two interesting watches that I had this week. I have like literally every funny thing in Scott Pilgrim memorized. So <laughs> the last time I watched it was actually pretty boring. It's like I have ruined this movie for myself. <laughs> it's not it, there's no reason for me to watch it anymore. It's it's definitely on the shelf for me too. It's like maybe 5 10 years or like when my kids are at that age I'll I'll break it back out and love it, but yeah. yeah. I've watched it way too many times in the last decade. Scott Pilgrim, though, was the quintessential movie Leah watched with me while we were dating and acted like she didn't hate it. And then the second we got married, she's like, that movie is garbage. <laughs> the things we do for love, huh? Yeah. Honestly. Uh, Spencer, what did you watch? What was your favorite thing? Um, So, I I mean, the competition's not close. The best thing I watched this week was Heat, which oh. was part of our fun movie club with Tim. Um, that movie heat. rocks. Featuring so Sandra Bullock and no, that's the Heat. Oh, yep. I, I do that every time. Yep. <laughs> well, the this kid is, uh, this is Al Pacino, that. Robert De Niro. Uh, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Val Kilmer. Uh, yeah. So really awesome, like crime movie drama, coked up Al Pacino. Like the list just goes on. Um, I really liked that. Uh, my second favorite thing I watched this week was this. HBO original called Behind the Candelabra. And it's about Liberace and one of his gay lovers. Uh, Liberace is played by Michael Douglas and he's incredible. And then Matt Damon is his lover and it is funny and sad and everything in between. And I loved it. I love how you've been wow. watching the HBO sports uh, mockumentaries that Andy Samberg dig too. Dude. <laughs> it's like seven days in hell and stuff like that. The tennis one. They're so funny and I hate myself for laughing at him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your reviews were very good on Letterboxd. Uh, uh, what is your Letterboxd again so people can go follow you? Uh, Spindeasy. <laughs> Where'd that one come Not from? Derv, it's Spindeasy. I don't know why it's different, but that's what it is. I honestly have always <laughs> just assumed it's Sprankler. It's actually yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened there. Will you spell it for us? Spin and okay. then DZ with two E's and one Z. D-E-E- Z Y. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Nick, what did you watch? What was your favorite thing? Um, my favorite thing this week. Um, every year I like to try to watch everything that gets nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Just so I can I feel like have just be really invested in the show and, and get excited for what ultimately does win, right? Yeah. Uh, this week I started um watching some of the shorts that came out last year. And two of the animated shorts that I watched this week, um, one is called Ice Merchants and one is called Goodbye Jerome. And they were both really, really good. Um, Obviously, don't know if they're going to be nominated yet, but um, I liked them a lot more than I was expecting. Um, Ice Merchants is about this father and son who live up on the side of a mountain and harvest, harvest ice. And they go down into the town at the bottom of the mountain every day to sell the ice. And then they come back up and it's just um, that process over and over for a couple of days. And you slowly learn about their life and you learn about their history. And um, 
some recent changes in their lives. And it's this really, really beautiful, like 10 minute piece that just really emphasizes the, the beauty of family and um, the, the ways that the experiences that we have with each other can reinforce our future and provide safety and memory. Um, so it's, it's a really, really good one. And that's probably the one I hope wins this year. Um, it's by the New Yorker. They always have a good one last year. Uh, what, what was it called? The affairs of art or something. It's about, I think I sent it to you guys. It's the like the really weird animation, right? The hand-drawn hand sketch this woman just her crazy life and everything she's obsessed with it's fantastic so basically every year the the short that the new yorker puts out that goes up for the oscar so far it's they're my absolute favorites so if you've never looked at the new yorker's animation shorts or animated shorts i would definitely recommend checking those out um and then the other one is goodbye jerome it's a little French short about this guy who um, dies and is in heaven and he's trying to find his wife who passed before him. And it's nothing like you would expect. It's, it's like, you know, the, the scene in inside out when they go through the abstraction machine and it's like, they become shapes and it's like kind of that world where it's like anything is possible. Literally anything is possible as he starts to explore heaven and tries to find um, his wife. So um, really beautiful. Both of those great, messages about family and and the meaning of life and um, really beautiful animation as well so those are my favorites this week nice i'm not gonna lie nick when you were explaining the ice uh farming one i just was thinking i'm like he's describing frozen right now like when is the punchline gonna come where it's like <laughs> actually no this was frozen yeah Kristoff and uh the the opening musical number <laughs> yeah exactly exactly okay what did you watch what's your favorite thing honestly i don't remember i don't know if i watched anything um you watched glass onion again yesterday i did watch glass onion again yesterday and i started riverdale um yesterday um no i think my favorite thing i think my favorite thing that i watched this week was probably skinnamarink Hot take. Talk about I'm kind it. of I'm kind of in awe of Becky talking about how when she was younger she was afraid of everything. Yeah. Because like you are the most extreme <laughs> horror movie viewer I know. So you <laughs> saying that is just like blowing my mind. Well, so like that I I mean I think that explains how very young I realized that I did not want fear to rule my life. And so like I knew the things that I was afraid of, I kind of like bullied myself into loving so like heights hated them convinced myself that i loved heights and now you know i can like uh bungee jump skydive anything and it's hard for me to actually like kind of get that like fear to adrenaline feeling um and it's so i think i went a little too extreme in like talking myself through that one but like being afraid of the dark now um Sometimes I'll still get that fear, but for the most part, I don't. And I kind of miss it because there's nothing scarier than being afraid of the dark. There's, I, you can't convince me that there's anything more terrifying than the fear of the dark sitting in the dark. Because the devil lives in the dark. That's why. That's why we're all afraid of the dark because, because of Satan. Because of Lucifer. Yeah. That's, that's where he lives. That's what we're told when we're growing up. And that's really fun. Is that what we're? I was never I told like that. I don't think what? I was ever told that either. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. no. Okay. But it is also like the oh, if you feel dark, like if you feel bad, it's because you know, being growing up religious, it's it always like dark is, you know, related to to that devil guy, yeah. and that's why I always was scared of the dark because Satan was in the dark. That's wild. I don't think I ever, I mean, like maybe. Because what else would be scary about the dark? Like, It's unknown. I mean, you don't know what's Literally there. anything, Kamiko. Yeah. That's why it's scary. <laughs> but like, like if you're in a place that you already know and it's dark, I mean, for me, it's just, it's just dark. There's no light. No, so you don't know So the reason there. I thought it was scary is because like, oh, like, you know, like, okay. So this is something that y'all are going to re- relate with. Maybe some of our listeners will re- relate this. Growing up, Mormon is a, you, you go and you clean the church. And it's super dark, but sometimes you got to go and you got to make sure that the church is locked and that all the lights are off. And that is the most terrifying place in the world is being in one of those church buildings where all the lights are off and you're by yourself. I don't know why. 
It's well, the only other time you're there, there's 400 people there with you. Like mm-hmm. it's a very active, lively place. And then you go and it's just like pitch black. And yeah. I yeah. Agree. That Please, is have you most... been in your school when it's empty though? Don't like that. Oh, I haven't. No. It's awful. Honestly, I don't feel like I'd be nearly as terrified as if I was at a church at night. That, that reminds me when <laughs> one of the job Nick was telling me about this, one of the jobs he had at at BYU is when he worked at the law library and when he was locking up, he would listen to creepy music as he locked it up. (laughs) Dude, that, that job you, so all the lights go off. You're the last person in the library. You have to go clear every row, make sure there's no one in the library. You have to make sure every door is locked. And it's like a 45 minute process walking through a mostly dark library. It's just, yeah. No, no. But I'm I'm glad that you brought up talking about the dark with Skinnamarink because I've been thinking a lot about that since we saw it. Um, because after I got home and I was laying in bed writing my review on Letterboxd at one in the morning for it, um, <laughs> I swear I was hearing, I started like hearing stuff in in the house and just the house moving around and um, the the big villain for Skinnamarink is this just dark voice that's kind of like omnipresent. And so I, I like got back up and I had to like check and make sure all the doors were locked. And I like, I looked in every closet on the first, on our, on our main floor. And so I was just like, oh, it really got to me. me <laughs> oh, man. Kid, like one of the first times I ever really remember being scared of the dark um, was after I saw Hellboy with some friends when I was like 12. Nice. And I don't know if you remember, but the villain is this like Nazi robot who turns to sand and can like appear in the middle, like anywhere, basically. And so I used to be laying in bed trying to go to sleep and I'd imagine him just like appearing in the corner of my room and I'd be like <laughs> wait for like hours after that, just terrified. Oh, no. So the dark is evil. You're right. You, you were yeah. talking about Nico. So, um, great. Yeah, what was your favorite watch? I already talked about it. You I already did. talked about it. Yeah, Inception, Scott Pilgrim. Um, oh. Let's talk about Megan. Let's talk about Megan. Speaking of super scary things. Yeah. Speaking of a movie that was... Kind of marketed as going to be a horror movie, but like certainly, <laughs> certainly was not one. Is a Megan starring Allison Williams? Uh, let's go ahead and bring this up. Hold on, starring Allison Williams, directed by Gerard Johnstone, uh, written by Akila Cooper, who also wrote *Malignant*, which is like maybe one of like a lot of our favorite horror movies of the last few years, and um, a little girl after suffering a family tragedy goes to live with her genius toy inventor aunt. And in order to tackle this job that the aunt is not very well equipped to do, she creates an AI companion to stay with her niece and keep her company and everything spirals out of control. Um, Megan, very, very fun when Megan is on screen, when she is not on screen, um boy is it not as fun and this was part of a double header that we did becky was only here for megan but we also saw eo which we'll talk about after we saw eo first then megan um that's kind of what i'll start with my thoughts uh let's go with becky what are what are your thoughts give us some broad thoughts broad thoughts um Megan was fun. So, yeah. okay, you, you're forgetting the story. So, originally, we had advanced screening tickets to see Megan. I've, like, trauma taken that <laughs> out of my brain. That's why. So, we, what day was it? Was it Wednesday? Yep. So, it was Wednesday, and um, we had these tickets. We'd been looking forward to it for a while. We, the tickets were for, like, up in, what is it, Sandy or something, so after both of our long days, we are like, okay, now we're going to go see Megan. We go up um, to the theater. I'm starving because I haven't eaten yet. So I'm like, hey, can we stop and get food? So we stopped and get got food and then we show up and we were we were there on time before the movie started. Five minutes early. So we for were one of these, like early. for one of these, though, like that's that's like kind of pushing it. Well, and we found out that it really was pushing it because this lady, this has never happened in any of the time that we've ever gone. And we have gone sometimes and showed up like right on time, like later than we did that time. And this lady is like, hey, I don't have a ticket for you. And we were like, 
what? Here's the, here's the, you know, like little code to scan and our names on the list. And the lady's like, no, I gave away tickets to everybody in line. And we're like, who, number one, who was in line? Number two, you don't let people in unless their name is on the list. Like we have had this like fight where you thought you couldn't see our name on the list because it was under like either my name or under Kiko's like legal name Darren or something and they would not let you in that theater is almost always half empty but for some reason this time around like there was apparently a line to see this movie like somehow all of these people knew about this advanced screening and lined up not knowing whether they'd get tickets or not and she gave away all the tickets we were irate I was pissed yeah and honestly like we're never getting food. Like I, I'm, I'm eating at like three thirty, and I am not. We have a, we have a showing for eighty for Brady this Wednesday, and I, I cannot miss that one. I, I, I gotta make it. So yeah, I was, I was. We went to an arcade after, and I just didn't enjoy myself either. Like I tried to, but I was so mad that we missed it. Yeah. But I was, yeah, I was just upset. So. But anyway, so that happens. Uh, th- this is an important part though, because so that happens, but then we're not able to see it until Saturday. My best friend Jake goes and sees it Thursday on the day that it like actually comes out. And I get a text in the middle of his showing saying, Becky, I am going to see this movie with you. There is a part that you are going to absolutely die about. And I need to be sitting in the chair next to you when this happens. And so that's all that's on my mind up until Saturday when we go. So we are all sitting there in a line watching this movie and of course, we're like laughing through a lot of it. But all of a sudden, this one part comes on screen. And I was like, this is it. This is the moment. And this is so much better than I ever imagined it could be, even though I'd hyped it up in my head for so long. So I gave Megan five stars because really, it it outdid itself in she this sings one moment. the little girl a lullaby. And we won't say what song. No, <laughs> but the lullaby is just, it's amazing. It's 10 out of 10. It's my favorite moment in a theater in 2023. So, in the nothing can top it in the 15 days. days, Yeah, Yeah. Uh in the yeah two full weeks. Okay, honestly, it has a good chance of remaining in that spot through like July. It's genuinely hilarious. Mm -hmm. Nick, what were your thoughts? What did you think of Megan? Um, I I think you hit it dead on. Like whenever she's in in a in a scene, it's it's really entertaining. But, um. I don't know. I I was really excited for it. Um, it's I think the first mashup of Juan and Blum. Um, so James Wan, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jason Blum. I, I think know. so. J- J- yeah, Jason Blum. Um, both have left their mark on the horror genre over the last, um, I guess, two decades, and have put out some really fun stuff that I really enjoyed. Um, you already talked about Malignant. I, I I'm excited for horror to still continue sitting in the sweet spot over the next couple of years because it's it's just fun. Like I don't know, Skinnamarink has its place and like Blair Witch has its place, but I have the most fun with these movies when they recognize how just ridiculous the the whole setup of these silly horror movies are, and the, and they really lean in into some of the comedic elements. So really funny movie definitely a comedy i i have a hard time calling it horror so no i think it's a sci-fi thriller comedy yeah i like that mm-hmm. spencer what do you think pretty much a perfect january movie um <laughs> it's really benefiting from nothing else being in theaters right now um it's it's fine it's very funny um and i actually like I'd recommend it pretty much to anyone because it's not scary. It's not offensive. It's like anyone can watch it. It's not going to scare anybody. Um, And it's pretty, pretty funny. Like I said, I mean, maybe Uh, a child, like a child who like has an animated toy already and has a big mm -hmm. imagination. Yeah. Phoebe has a little dancing toy. I've done a couple like double takes at it. You, you, gotta, you gotta stop doing that, man. You got the chimpanzee after Nope. Like, why are you filling this house with <laughs> just like elements of, of scary movies? Seriously, I call it Cordy and Lisa's like shut up. That locked room. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I my mom's birthday was like right after the weekend, and she wanted to go see a movie, and she's like, "What should I see?" And I was like, 
usually I struggle with recommendations for my mom and I was like, go see Megan. You'll love it. And I like, didn't even hesitate and her and my dad loved it. Like they really enjoyed it. And I wasn't nervous to recommend it to them at all. It it made its it made a profit after its first its first week in theaters. I think it made like thirty something million. We're it gonna see like- so many sequels, and I'm curious if they're gonna just change the three, so we'll get like MEG4N. Yeah, my, you know my my prediction is uh the there was another little like AI robot that was kind of like a an Alexa ripoff called mm-hmm. Elise, and my guess it's going to be three L I three two E. It's a ripoff. I for anyone we can just, we can just call movie. it the password series because they're all internet passwords. <laughs> That's pretty good. But you have to include special, as long as yeah. this next one, you have to include the special character. Yeah, because you only have the numbers. Yes, fun. Nick, keep going. Um, as long as Blum and Juan are running the sh- like, I'll I'll go see it every time. Like, oh yeah. I when I saw them announce that partnership last year, I was just like, my dreams are coming true. And did they with the movie? Yeah, I I really liked it. It it's it's so silly. I like Malignant a lot more, but yeah, I think I I gave it three stars because you know you go in the theater and it met and exceeded expectations. Like I thought it was gonna be so dumb based on the trailer, and they they really lean into the the comedy there. So it's a good time. Mm-hmm. I, I give it a B sweet. Wait, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I love how they doubled down on needing the dance to stay in the movie. <laughs> like, like quadrupled down on this dance will stay in the movie. Like, I wish they would have spread it out so we got more dancing. It is true. She doesn't dance really at all until when she, like, does that one little moment. But then she never dances after no. either. There's also zero reason for her to do that dance when she does. <laughs> yeah. Like... It's funny, and I'm not complaining, but story-wise, no there's no reason for it. it what if they like? What if they invested in these like really um, deep character developing moments of her going to dance class, like with the girl, and then that's like her <laughs> moment of like the dance comes together, and that would have been amazing. That would have that would have added. There's also a big robot and big AI robot fight that's quite enjoyable, and um, overall, uh, Megan is is certainly. Uh, very low barrier of entry. Anyone should go see it and you will enjoy it. Do you have a grade? Do you have like a, you gave it five stars. I gave it five stars on Letterboxd. Stars are arbitrary. So I enjoyed it that much, but um, no, I think it's probably as a movie itself, probably like two and a half stars. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Nick, do you have like a, a rating or a grade or anything you'd give it? Yeah, I gave it three stars. So I don't know honestly it's like a it's probably a c in my book like it's it's so it's so like shallow and and silly but like it's genuinely entertaining at least for one watch so yeah sweet i guess i liked it uh, you're, you're definitely right it's low barrier of entry don't even think about it as horror like i don't think there's even any real jump scare even so Mm-mm. yeah no spencer what about it grade rank anything I gave it three stars as well. It's definitely sweet. I would almost say it's like for a B movie, it's an A if we want to get really annoying about grades. Mm-hmm. For a movie <laughs> that's not a B movie, it's like a C plus, B minus. But it's an A plus B movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A plus B movie. I like that. Yeah, yeah that is good. Uh, go check out Megan. It's in theaters right now. Probably has a lot of showings near you and it's worth your time. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about is probably the exact opposite. Probably playing in like one theater that's like an hour away from your house. It has two showings per day, one while you're working and the other at 9.20 at night. And uh, that is EO. It's been great um, being on. Thanks for having me. I'm out of here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for talking <laughs> about uh, Megan with us. Thanks for being silly with us. And uh, do you have your Oscar? Oh, you did. I Elvis did is going to win something and you're going to be really upset. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Enjoy this sad movie. Have fun. It's yeah. not that sad. Yeah, maybe it is a little bit sad. I, I don't think you would have liked it, Becky. So. <laughs> yeah, specifically the end. Um, the movie is directed by Jersey Skolomowski. Uh, I don't know who wrote it. It doesn't. I'm sure it says who wrote it, but not like right here where I can see. 
And uh, it is essentially about a donkey named Eo, who, after being liberated from his carnival job, his circus job, travels Europe and meets different people, and different people um, uh, treat Eo differently. And it's a very interesting look at humanity. This is like a total 180 turn from Megan and its tone, uh, because this is kind of a weird premise, but takes itself very seriously throughout it feels like so uh nick what did you think what did you think of eo i think i liked it a lot more than you two did um i think it's i guess <laughs> let's put it this way i haven't had um meat since we saw it <laughs> i went vegetarian this week and not because like it, it didn't like i didn't do that after oakja but oakja is like super on the nose about like commercial processing of meat it's not that's not really what this movie is about but by the end i like went to eat dinner and i was like mm, i don't really feel like meat tonight and then like every day after that it was just kind of the same um it's just I, I kept being struck by, and, and this definitely isn't the first movie to do this, but by making it so quiet and making the protagonist this donkey that isn't anthropomorphized, um, it, it's it's just like you have to, re you spend so much time like in your own head as you're watching it. You're not being guided by plot. You're not hearing jokes. The dialogue's all in Polish. So it's like you spend a lot of time just thinking about the the things that you're being shown. And and, and the different environments and scenarios that EO the donkey is in. And so I just kept coming back to the beauty of individual life and kind of the miracle that us all being here is. Um, I don't know. I, I just, throughout the movie and then walking away from it, I, I really appreciated something that, even though I don't think it's very accessible, like it's definitely sour, um, I think that just that opportunity to see these images and to and to feel like you're experiencing this visual storytelling, um, it it just it really turns you inward. And and I think that that's something that a lot of movies try to do. As you like, they'll they'll be loud and they'll be explaining something to you and, and trying to teach you this lesson that you reflect on after you see the movie. But this did it all the way throughout. And and I think that that's. Um, I don't know if that's what they're after, but I, I found that impressive and it, it left me thinking about a lot. So I, I enjoyed it. Spencer. Um, yeah, I definitely did not. I wasn't as affected by it as Nick was. It's really impressive. Technically, like every shot is gorgeous and the sound is really interesting because they really use it well and sparingly and stuff. But I also it's a journey movie like donkeys going from place to place, all kinds of different things. Um, and those movies tend not to connect with me super well. Like it's kind of what Pinocchio was to the Del Toro one. And I didn't love it because that story is just not my favorite. And so by the time it was over, I was kind of like, that was a really cool little experiment. Um, let's go watch Megan. And then like, I didn't really think about it a whole lot anymore. Um, I still enjoyed watching it and, there's a, a lot to take from it, but like Nick said, it's like, it's really up to your interpretation because you're just watching stuff happen and nothing is explained. Um, the donkey doesn't have facial expressions. You just, you're just there with them and you're feeling whatever it is that you feel. It's, it is incredibly effective at showing like, because EO being like, like this donkey that's just trying to trying to get back to its owner and just like has this one singular goal. Whereas every single person that comes in contact with it has this need to like, like right a wrong through this donkey in a sense of like, they're not capable of actually going through and like, honoring the writing those wrongs that they've done which is a lot of what we do sometimes in life is like we kind of take the easy way out and so they go and they be nice to this donkey so it's like okay you've got a crack on your windshield let's uh like throw some band-aids on it and that's what's gonna help whereas 
Um, it was just incredible to see like the cinematography portray this dark world that EO keeps going through where it is encountering like people that are nice to it. But then when EO isn't there and you're seeing the people there, they're dirtbags. Most of them are. They're bad people or they have bad things happen to them. And then EO is just like, can I please get to where I'm trying to go? And I thought that was very interesting. Um, very well put from both of you of. I think I'm like right in between Nick and Spencer of, I think it was poignant. It was a great watch. And I actually think it's pretty sweet. I think most people could go in. There's a bit of language, you know, in another language, but it has subtitles and it'll tell you what it is. Um, but I think if most people see it, um, they'll go in and be pretty interested. And then that last scene is like very visually striking of what it's trying to convey. Um and pretty gut-wrenching too for a movie for the most part that like on the surface feels very like light for a lot of it um ends up having some dark things that happen too um eo versus jenny the donkey if we've got to go uh uh heavyweight battle who is winning jenny the donkey or eo oh dude it's gotta be it's gotta be eo okay you think eo jenny's a sweetheart she just wants to be inside while Collins or what? What's his name? Podrick is feeling yeah. bad when he's sad. That donkey's got to be inside. But I mean, you literally see EO rock a guy. Yeah, and break <laughs> down a fence. Yeah, he's he's a he's got a little more violence in him. I think he's a deter. I think it's a determination too. Spencer, who do you think? EO or Jenny the donkey from Banshees of Inisherin? Man, I don't know. I mean, EO. I know so much more about him. You know. Okay. Jenny, Jenny's a side character. Mm-hmm. Eo's a main character. Yeah, incredible. I was getting fights with some of my students because, like, it's like a thing where, like, saying you have main character energy, so mm-hmm. kids like to say I'm a main character, and so there are these kids I see, and I always tell them you're still a side character. I'm sorry, um, to make them angry, <laughs> and it's like Jenny's amazing, but she's a side character, and Eo is a main character. Uh, Eo is him. <laughs> Eo is him. Yeah, I would also take EO as well. Jenny, you're a sweetheart. You can coach him, but uh yeah, I think she's going down in the fight. Um I I also just think that it's incredible that just this one I've never seen a movie where an animal is like a fictional story where the animal is the main character and it revolves around them. Or I can't I mean I guess babe, but babe talks, so mm. it's much different. Excuse me, a dog's a dog's purpose. Oh, that's right. A dog's purpose. A uh, Gunda, the pig movie that came out a couple years ago. Um, I never saw it, but it was just about a pig. You know what I kept thinking, and especially during the Dark Forest scene, which I have to take back what I said earlier. That's my favorite moment in a movie theater this year. With the lasers? Yeah, like kind of before it, but. Oh, okay. Just... Okay, so there's this scene after EO escapes for the first time from one of his new owners where he's walking through this dark forest and it's like ASMR dark forest where everything is just super dialed up. You're hearing every noise in the forest. It's there's almost no light. You're seeing the different animals in the environment. And it was really, really beautiful. I loved it. But in that moment, I was like, this is a Disney movie that just doesn't have that like child, um, I guess, friendly glow where it's like, if you think about the stories that Disney tells there, they are EEO stories um, with their animals, except it's like child appropriate, obviously. So I I don't know. I I think we see, we've seen a lot of this story, but bringing it into the real world and having this um, just trying to show how people actually are um, obviously a lot darker, but I liked it. Okay. I have it at a B plus suite. Do y'all have like grades or anything else you'd want to give for it? I would do a B sour, I think. Okay. I would go probably A minus sour. Oh, okay, great. So it's kind of like right in between, maybe like a B plus sour is what we're looking at for overall for EO. Um, once it comes to BOD or if it's playing near you and it's it's been an interesting watch, I suggest going to go see it. If it's caught your attention, you should go see it now. It's one of those rare, um, super artsy movies that's not crazy long, so it's not it's not a commitment to watch it. No, it's like an hour and a half, I think. Yeah, I, I think like... Megan was longer. <laughs> so yeah, EO is an hour and twenty six minutes, and that's with credits, so it's probably more like an hour twenty four. 
nice, nice, easy breezy watch. Okay. Now is the time by, you know, next week we'll get the Oscar predictions. And then probably in two weeks, we will have our Oscar take where we talk about all the Oscars who we think are going to win and who we want to win. But uh, what is one big hot take that y'all have about the Oscars this year, about winners, about what's going to happen, anything like that. Best supporting actor, Tom Brady. For 80 for Brady. Yep. Okay. Great. Nick. Is he ineligible in that movie? No. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> uh, my hot take is that um, I, I think Michelle Yeoh has a really good chance. Even though I, I think I want Tar for best picture. Even though everything ever everything everywhere all at once was my favorite movie last year, I everything you've said about Tar on this podcast, Spencer, is dead on. Like, I can't get it out of my head. I'm really excited to go see it again. Um, I, I think it's probably the best movie from this last year. Um, but I, I let's let's give Michelle Yeoh her laurels. Like, it, it is she's had an amazing career. Um, she she definitely deserves this, and and the um i can't even remember the character's name what is it oh um evelyn yes evelyn and waymond um (laughs) evelyn uh, she i I loved everything that she did in that movie it was a super emotional performance um i definitely cried the first time i saw the movie i'm same it's just so good so i i would love for her to win even though kate blanchett basically has it locked up i, I do have a i have a real one as well yes. <laughs> okay spencer but I, I like nicks um because i do i feel like any other year um kate blanchett would be a runaway but it's not a runaway so um i think uh i don't know if it's gonna win best picture but i think spielberg is gonna win best director Ah, okay. I I think another movie is going to beat it, but this is a movie where they're all going to be like, yeah, let's let's give it to him again. It's been 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's a good one. I kind of talked about a lot of mine, but um I'm sh- you know, there's always like two or three big nomination surprises, so I'm curious to see like if like Stephanie Shu gets nominated for best supporting actress from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, uh, to see like what weird one makes it in for best picture. Like if she said makes best picture, I would be so frustrated. (laughs) Yeah. Or like a, the whale getting best picture where it's like, it's good, but like, is it best picture? Maybe. I don't know. I'm so I'm, I think this is the first year in a little while where I've, I'm just, I could see them going in so many different directions for the best picture nominations. Like, even though it wasn't like, hearing people talk about the industry, it wasn't this like legendary year that we're all going to look back on. Like there were, I feel like maybe the ceiling was lower, but the floor was higher. And there's a lot of movies that could really fit into that big picture race. Um, I still have some that I need to see and, and catch up on. But... Well, I have, I have one other prediction um, that just came to mind. I think Babylon is going to get a crap ton of nominations and win nothing. Yeah, the uh, Nightmare Alley 2.0 as uh, the big picture calls. <laughs> yeah. About the same length, I think. Sheesh. Yeah, honestly, well, I loved Babylon. Did not love uh, Nightmare Alley. Pretty pretty bored by it. Good cinematography, but uh, sheesh, that's a rough one to watch. Um, Exciting. It'll be exciting to see. Fellas, thank you for coming on. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Keep talking. Keep talking. Well, we have to say something. Nick. What are we going to say? Um, Becky's coming back. Can you believe Argentina 1985 won the Golden Globe for Best International Feature? Have you seen it? Should I watch it? I've seen it. I thought it was fine. Okay. It's not um, RRR. They don't throw a Jaguar on someone's head. Come on, man. It doesn't. RRR is like, that. that's my favorite. Okay, Becky's but... back. Now we can say bye. Anything else? Jerry just tripped me going up the stairs. Hi, Jimmy. Jerry got it out for you. <laughs> you know, he really does. No, I, I don't have I don't have anything. It was fun.
Am I supposed to have something? <laughs> I don't know. I was just seeing. I was just seeing if you had anything else. Come on, fire away, Becky. Come on. I know. I'm like, I'm picking up body language, but I'm not picking up the context. <laughs> uh, two very fun movies y'all can go watch. Megan and EO, two very different vibes, but uh, some that we think y'all might like. Definitely Megan, though. And uh, next week, I'm pretty sure me and TC are going to talk about Plane. And then the week after that, <laughs> we are going to talk about Oscars and most overlooked or underrated of 2022, which we'll, we will probably give like an after sun review and stuff like that. Um, but thank you, fellas, for coming on as well. And as always, stay sweet. Very sweet. Sweet.